You're listening to the Beyond Digital Education podcast with me, Nathan Johnson, and my co-hosts, Carl Kaczynski and Rami Bassi. We hope you enjoy the show. So welcome. Welcome to um, this podcast in the midst of COVID-19 as we kind of try to figure out what this kind of new new landscape is looking like Um, and with our roles we're looking more at kind of creating online um, learning materials and what what that looks like Um, and the difference between kind of emergency um, online learning and traditional online learning um, and kind of some of the challenges um, and some of the opportunities so I mean that's what we'll be talking about today um, I have Carol and Rummy with me again, so I guess we'll we'll head head straight into it. Um, and, uh, shall we start with um, talking about the opportunities? So the opportunities of the lockdown, COVID nineteen, is everybody is looking at online learning. Everyone is kind of looking to us as the experts now, um, wants to get involved. Whereas I guess beforehand we would have, we'd be knocking on people's doors, asking questions, um, trying to get people involved, but there would be no involvement. Um, so it's it's kind of a, a switch, a change. And now we've got so many people coming to us, but not necessarily about online learning. Some of it is definitely around, let's um, kind of the trans transference of material so let's move the classroom um, what would have been a seminar or a lecture let's just move that online because someone has to do that in the next in the next week so less of the planning designing of the module of the content and more of the let's just move this and get it out of the way Um, so in a sense it's great because i guess we can have those conversations um, with the academics and talk about what what are the pros, what are the benefits, um, and kind of feed that in, drip feed that in. So it's not necessarily let's just do it all at once. Let's say, okay, you can't do this. This is how you do it properly. Because I guess we understand that stuff has to happen. Um, we're all in a difficult position at the moment. Um, not Nobody knows what's going to happen next week. So it could be a case of everyone has to submit um, assessments. All students have to submit an assessment. And then the next week, no one has to submit an assessment. Um, So there's conversations with um, administrative staff. So um, Romy, you had a question? Um, No, so I just think you've hit the the nail on the head there in terms of um, we we have a real sort of um, practical need to get things done very, very quickly. Um, in the current uh, in the current lockdown, um, so there's there's the best practice, if you like, with online learning that we'd all be advocates of. Um, but also, you have the the need of students need to get their submissions in, they need to get their exams done, and in a sense, we've almost um, with with this emergency response, we've almost gone back 10, 15 years in terms of um, people just need the resources up there so it might be a powerpoint or some pdfs or some reading or something like that um i guess the opportunity that's afforded to us at the moment is people are having those conversations with us they are coming to us and and it's it's building those relationships 
Um, and part of the other reason why I guess that we're not having the best resources is our team, for example, are very stretched at the moment. And so we're trying to support as many staff as possible and give them the basics that they need. Uh, go on, Carol. Yeah. So I uh, thank you very much for your comment, guys, because I think the stuff that you are just mentioned is really useful. Um, and we were talking about opportunities and threats for us and the fact, you know, that how our team is stretched at the moment. But what are your experiences like? Do you have any examples that you can or are you willing to share with uh supporting academics during the outbreak so once i've got my mic on and i know nathan that you you want to share the only one thing that um i want to share before i give you a mic uh, it's the fact that actually i've got the impression that academics that i've been working with on development of se several modules are much more receptive in terms of absorbing the ideas than they used to be before so i think well, I don't want to sound that COVID-19 is a situation that is any positive situation because I, I, you know, it's very stressful and very challenging at so many different levels uh, for all of us. But at, in terms of the online learning and in terms of like learning delivery and, and, and planning for an online uh, environment, it made people more aware of what good e-learning might be and they are much more receptive in terms of absorbing the ideas and utilizing and implementing those ideas within their courses and i feel that actually if you're looking at the hierarchy um, and where e-learning or online distance blended learning however you want to call it before it wasn't on agenda or it wasn't very high on agenda uh, amongst many different academics before. Now it actually is one of the um, vital elements. So that that's kind of my experience of first couple of months being on lockdown and supporting people during the lockdown. And I would be really interested to you know to hear your stories. Um, yeah. So I mean. Lockdowns, lockdowns, difficult, difficult for everyone. Um, I think it gives, for me, it gives me a chance to kind of use use some of the technology that the academics are using. So whether that is um, Skype, um, Zoom, um, uh, conferencing tools. So when I guess when they come to us and say, "Oh, we've got this issue," we've got that issue in kind of normal um, work it's always well because i'm not there because i'm not using it i don't necessarily know what the problem is but the more that i'm starting to use all this technology the more that i i'm able to support um the academics i guess some of my experiences would be around a confusion as to what the tools are used for so it will be a case of okay i want to do a um i want to do a lecture and i'm going to use um, a conferencing tool, I'm going to use Zoom, I'm going to use a Skype, and then they'll just, because it is emergency, they just want to get it up and done. Whereas, actually, that's really not the best the best use. So then it's a conversation around, well, could we just do a pre-recorded video? Could we have discussions? Uh, could we do things like that rather than just moving forward and, and just 
kind of, I don't know, going gung-ho and just doing exactly what you want. And I guess, um, Cole, you're right in terms of um, academics are more receptive, but there's also the case of uh, we're now kind of talking more to professional service staff and kind of supporting and helping them out as well. So they they just want stuff done. So I've had conversations around, okay, we've got assessments, we just want portals set up, just do that. Um, and then there's questions around, well, actually, how are you communicating that with your students? Where where are you gonna where are you gonna put that? What kind of assignment, what will the assignments look like? There's all these questions, but actually, are they questions that we need to have or do we just do the work? I know that in a couple of months, we'll have some really good conversations depending on what happens. So if it turns out, okay, we're gonna continue um, in kind of social distancing lockdowns, then we'll probably come to a point where academics are working on their um, material and modules for September and they have to be online. And this won't be emergency online, this will be actual online delivery, um, which will be great. But then then I think they'll have to adjust the way that, that they're thinking. So it's less of, okay, I just wanna do, I just wanna change this, I just wanna change that and more, what does my program what does my program look like? And I don't think we're, we're having many conversations around effective um, planning, effective design um, and development um, of, of online materials at the moment. Um, Carol, you wanted to come in. Yes, thank you very much. I think one of the main points um, or approaches that I think might be working in this situation at the moment is actually built on the strengths and confidence of academics and built on their experience. So a lot of academics, a lot of teachers, you know, they are great um, and fantastic teachers in a classroom. They have so many different like years of experience, different experience, vast array of subjects and they feel really comfortable and confident presenting in classroom environment. However, adding that element of teaching online, it can provoke a lot of anxiety and stress. So I think, um, and adding that anxiety and stress to already very stressful situation is something that we want to avoid at all costs. So I think our main card that we can play is actually to build on this confidence and experience and expertise that people already have. And if you think about that, if you are trying to prepare to classroom lecture, it's not the fact that you are just coming to the classroom or lecture theater and then you are just start talking. It involves preparation. It's got to be focused on specific you know, learning objectives. It's got to address the learning objectives. You've got to have this kind of very basic presentation skills and a little bit of charisma. You've got to engage your audience. You've got to hook them. Uh, you need to ask for feedback. You need to handle questions. And those elements are no different to what good, good online learning is. You've got to prepare your lecture. You know, and the thing that how you're going to do it, whether it's the, you're going to prepare the video or audio or just write the blog, you've got to keep it focused. You've got to use different presentation skills. So maybe the presentation skills is different to going to the lecture theater and creating the online learning. But essentially, you've got to adjust the skills 
that you have is not building the completely new set of skills, it's not rediscovering the wheel, it's adjusting the vehicle that you already possess. Um, so I, there's, a, there's a few points here that I think are worth uh, picking up on. Um, Carol, you mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago um, around um, you don't want to sound positive about COVID-19. I saw, I saw uh, an image shared on LinkedIn which I found quite amusing though. And it was um, it was somebody who said, who led the transformation of your company? Like who led the digital transformation of your company? And it's got A, CEO, B, CTO, um, or C, COVID-19. And the reality is um, our lecturers uh, and, and academics and, and indeed other universities as well and outside anyone who's involved in distance learning, they've always had the choice of delivering in campus with a bit of you know online provision I think the difference now is they have to use the online provision. So this this really affords us um, some benefits in terms of getting them used to the tools. Um, in terms of the pedagogy that you mentioned, Nathan, um, so people will come to you and they already say, right, I want to use um, whatever tool uh, conference. And then you have to have that conversation with them. I think our role is still, uh, in a sense, our role is still to, to make sure that, that it's well grounded in pedagogy. Um, I guess one of the things we have to be aware of with uh, the, the people who are delivering this material is now they're having to wear two hats in a sense. They're, they're still the, the lecturer to their learners, but they're also a learner themselves because they're trying to learn this new way of delivering their existing materials. Uh, and I, I'm not sure how much uh, extra time or support they may need in order to get used to it, but definitely I see opportunities once we get back that a lot of these staff will be far more adept at, at using these um, yeah, I agree, um, and I do. I do think I'm um, coming back to um, Carol's point about what may what makes a good lecture. I mean, we've had conversations in the past when we're talking to people about just blended courses, yeah, and the idea that some people view a lecture because because they've been teaching, because they've been doing for years and years, a lecture is something that I, I just turn up to because because I'm that adept at it and not something that actually I have to prepare for it I have to plan for it um at which point we get involved and it's okay what is the plan where is the development and it's well I'll just I'll just turn up um, that, that's all I do so it's going to be it's it's a huge a huge culture change and as as you say Rami um people are people are moving more towards using uh, these kind of online tools and try and understanding why, why, why should I use um, these tools and not just, yeah, let's put it in because it's because it's fun because it's interesting. There's a need, there's a real need um, to be able to do some of this stuff now, rather than yeah, just having it as some kind of novelty. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't want to I don't want to rant about about any of this stuff i think it's it's really interesting um coming down to let's let's be honest it's it's unforeseen circumstances and it's it's a great opportunity but then we've got to look at okay as much as this is work and this is kind of what we do there's then there's a real life outside of work that i guess a lot of academics a lot of professional service a lot of us um, also have to deal with and personally, I've been finding it quite difficult having those conversations. So you'll be talking to someone 
but then you have to pass it on to someone else or you can't deal with it because actually I've got other stuff, other stuff going on um, outside of work that takes precedence over the stuff that is, is work. And I guess it's the same for everyone as much as, okay, I've got to develop online material. Is that, is that more important than my health? Is that more important than my family? Um, so I guess it's always going to take that, that second string, that backseat to anything else that I'm doing. Um, go on, Carol. Yes, I absolutely agree with your point. And actually, I think the impact of the COVID-19 is going to have, when we come out on the other end of um, of the situation, that's going to have a much more profound impact and implication on our practices, our daily practices, than just moving, uh, you know, online teaching, uh, classroom teaching into online environment. If you think about um different elements of it for example there is so much research done for example on reducing the five days uh working pattern into four days work pattern oh sorry nathan you've got the question so i'm gonna give you the mic and i will come back to that point sorry no just just a quick one to both of you um because we're talking about when we when we come back there'll be there'll be a huge change um do you do you what do you think that change will be if any Will will there actually be a change, or will we potentially just go back into that normal normal routine? Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's difficult to start thinking about a normal routine when we get back. The reality is, a lot of companies and a lot of employees have realised. So, aside from education, education have realised they don't actually need to be physically present all of the time. Um, there's no need to be in the car you know, in the rush hour, um, particularly because jobs can be done a bit more flexibly. Obviously, there are those roles which have to be done in person. Um, and sometimes a face to face meeting is, is better than something we can conduct over uh, over virtual means. But I, I don't think it's just education that's necessarily going to feel this culture shift. It's, it's going to be society as a whole. And, and so if people are getting used to using technologies in their daily life, um, that will and should have an impact on education because we're not just trying to train people or teach people their subject area. We, we want them to have life skills as well, don't we, when they leave university? Yeah, and that, I mean, that's something that I've been um, discussing with a colleague uh, who's working on uh, a marketing um, marketing degree and just the idea that they, they do a module on um, communicating journalism and the idea that actually, when I look at the news, I don't see a journalist in front of Westminster anymore, um, with a cameraman just stood in the in the street with a huge big jacket, warm jacket on because it's really cold outside. What we see now is lots of people on Skype calls, lots of people on conference calls, um, and actually, that's that's something that students, young people, can learn as well coming through is like that professional practice of talking on the phone what do what is it to be professional while talking on the phone while in a call as well and how can we be professional in that setting um so that's something that actually we can start to teach the students um how to kind of effectively use some of these technologies as well and how it's used in the wider world. And yeah, I, I guess I understand the point. It's 
when we when we are dealing with academics and everyone understands the technology it's going to be a lot easier sell when the students understand the technology as well so they can inform and support the teacher so it's not just us having that conversation yeah carol and thank you very much for those points because i think they are great and another thing that i really want to pick up on is uh is impact on your mental health actually if you think about adjusting to the new reality and you know creating the new routines and i think one of you mentioned about like spending time in car whilst traveling to work so for example before lockdown i was spending pretty much two hours a day just commuting to work and now working from home for more than a month i'm actually in terms of being effective at my work and completing my work I don't see any change. Uh, if so, I would say that I'm even more productive because I can focus and I can distribute my work not only between nine and five, but I can pick up my work anytime I want. And I don't spend the time on that unnecessary commute. So that's got, and if you multiply my experience, but I don't know, by millions of people, what impact does it have on the environment? What impact does it have on the cost of employers to run campus, for example? And uh, so I think there are wider implications. I think Rumi mentioned that before. I think there are wider implications that we're going to face uh, on the other side of, of that crisis. Um, I guess I guess you raise, you raise a good point about flexible, kind of flexible working and the ability just to spend that time more wisely. Um, but my experiences are a lot different and are going to be a lot different to yours. Um, okay, I spend um, 45 minutes to an hour in the car um, coming to work, but that's taking my child to nursery so then I can actually get some work done. Um, so when I sit down, having not kind of... Um, gone in the car to work I probably do an hour half an hour an hour at which point then I've got to go and do childcare. got to do some some activities and then I come back and then I do a little bit more work and then we have to go outside because we need to we need to still live in the real world and kind of get some fresh air but it's it's so I mean I guess everyone's experiences are, are so different um, I read a lot of articles at the moment um, around kind of working from home and effectively working from home um, and that that takes into consideration that the world the world is working normally so we're not in lockdown whereas actually working from home like you're suggesting Carol is you work more effectively you can manage your own time um, but that does not take into account actually do you have do you have someone that you need to care for do you have do you have um lots of different responsibilities and i think there's going to be and there's probably going to be millions of people in that same situation um so that's going to impact on the level of work and support that we can all do and something that i guess organizations will are i mean do understand um and it's going to have a quite a big impact go on go on Barbara. Um, so, yeah, I was I was going to kind of echo what you'd said, Nathan, in a sense, in that everybody's experiences will be different. Uh, so the bit that I picked on in what Carol was saying is about how he's more productive, whereas 
uh, I found perhaps before Easter, I was a lot more productive than I would perhaps be in the office. Uh, following the Easter break, I found it a little bit more difficult to get into the groove without my colleagues around there, you guys around, um, kind of uh, with a shared experience in the office and then you're back into the routine. Um, and definitely people who who have caring responsibilities, so people with children, people with uh, elderly or sick um, family members or anything like that, the challenges are very different. Um, and when we're all in the same office, we all kind of had the same challenge. But when we're all off in our own personal home offices, our, our environment is totally different. And it's it's sort of coming back to uh, the the, um, the analysis of learners. When we talk about e-learning, the analysis of learners, when um, academics normally do a sort of analysis of their learners, they're in control of the environment. So I'm, I'm sort of thinking about Maslow here and his hierarchy, hierarchy of needs. Lots of those are controllable by, by the academics in the classroom. But all of a sudden, with students off with different internet connections and uh, perhaps, you know, troubled home lives, uh, no internet connection or no devices, anything like that, the challenge for the tutors in creating resources that are accessible and inclusive for everyone is also one that's worth considering. Yeah, um, and on that, I think raising kind of an example. So um, one of my colleagues was talking about developing developing content and a program that was meant to run for three days has been extended for three weeks and the the lead potentially isn't happy that it's it's they've been given three weeks and my perspective was i probably couldn't do it in three weeks either because of the way the way that my current situation is um and like you say that that doesn't really take into consideration the the learners the learners needs um, who are they what kind of responsibilities do they have maybe that's kind of a point to look at before you put down time frames and time timelines as to how and when you want people to complete work um, carol yes i absolutely agree with you guys i think that the, the the points that you raised are absolutely fantastic and i think this is very important for all of us and it's our responsibility um, and I mean our responsibility in, like as teachers, as students, as lecturers, as professional staff to share those experiences because majority of research on e-learning on majority of our practices have been informed on normal and as you Nathan said, uh, it is informed based on the situation prior to lockdown, but at the moment everything stops and people have completely different needs that they need to uh, cater for and we've got the you know people have different uh, caring responsibilities people have different life responsibilities and life needs and i think this is exactly the same case with um, e-learning i think we've got to be very transparent amongst ourselves we've got to be very transparent with our students we need to expect that our students will be transparent with us in terms of communicating what they need and what will work for them best so we can use those suggestions and actually deliver those online solutions or those teaching solutions that cater for that because we a lot of things that we are doing at the moment is based on the research is based on um evidence that have been gathered in uh you know during the normal or prior to lockdown uh world 
So I think that it's, it is very important to investigate and to find out and cover the bigger picture of what is it for, for a lot of, you know, for, for people to live during that lockdown and how those changes and how those needs have changed. Yeah, go on, Remy. Did you have a point? Uh, yeah, so um, I guess I fully expect a lot of institutions to want to be uh, a bit more robust in their contingency planning when we get back. Uh, so going back to the original question of, of uh, that Carol asked uh, around how things might change. Um, so what what we have at the moment is a situation where um, uh, we are not necessarily ready. So if this if this were to happen again, we're not necessarily ready um, for for best practice, if you like. Um, so I think there'll be um, probably a significant investment in getting resources online, making sure the training is in place, uh, making sure that um, perhaps students have the access to the right technologies that they need. Um, so there's been talk about, you know, uh, in, in the past, there's been talks about giving resources to students. Um, and I think if if we're going to seriously look at this as a as a mode of delivery, either as a long term solution or in case another emergency comes up, we need to be a bit more prepared. I think um, so. Taking away some of those anxieties that people might have, so that if they do have personal issues uh, like like family issues, um, then those those can uh, get the attention that they deserve. Because you're right, Nathan, when you said actually people's health comes before uh, before their work. Um, and so if it's if it's a kind of choice between one or the other, um, then they're certainly going to pick their health. Um, so, yeah, I just think organisations will definitely put more attention in this and they have to if they're going to get any good results out of it. Brilliant. Um, I guess uh, well, how long have we been talking about uh, talking about this for? It's been quite a while. Um, so, yeah, I guess I guess we'll wrap it up. Final final question, and this is not related to um, COVID and what we've been talking about. Um, but as as you can all probably hear, is um, we may sound slightly different to how how we normally sound. How are you guys liking this this style of this COVID lockdown style of um, communicating um, of doing doing this podcast? It's interesting. Um. Carol thoughts? I I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it's it's different. I think it takes some time for us to adjust. It's, it's you know it's different to it's completely different experience. And I would prefer actually to be in one room with you guys. And um, but yeah, I'm actually glad that we managed to take some time and, and and do it. And I actually look forward to do to you know to doing some more of these. Yeah, no, I, I, I probably much prefer it. Um, it gives me space to research. It gives me space just to kind of think without that that pressure of constantly having to be on when you're in front of someone. Um, but I mean, we'll get better at this. We'll get better at kind of doing it face to face. I mean, we'll be doing it online um, with you, Rummy, soon. So this is a brilliant opportunity. And I guess this, like we're talking about challenges and opportunities, this is a great opportunity for us just to kind of get used to this kind of technology, how this works um, and kind of how we relate to each other uh, within this environment. 
Yeah, I guess it kind of mirrors what, what we're asking the tutors to do. We're saying, okay, well, here's the technology that you can use. Go away and try it. And as you use it, you'll get better at it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, brilliant. Um, so I guess I guess we'll be off. I, I think I've um, figured out how, how I'm ending these yet. Um, but let's we'll see you on the next podcast. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Speak Bye. to you soon. Bye. You've been listening to the Beyond Digital Education podcast. If you liked what you've heard, please do listen to more of our podcasts and please do engage with us on the topics we've raised.